Hi, I'm Vanessa Morris, and I'm a proud Yorta Yorta, Jajarung, and Wiradjuri woman. And this is the podcast of Triple R's Banksia, a weekly show celebrating First Nations music, arts, and culture. Banksia is broadcast live on Triple R from Wiradjuri country every Monday from midday to 1 pm. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. I would like to take a moment to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the First Peoples of the land in which I am joining you from and pay my respects to Elders past, present, emerging and future. I would also like to acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening. Sovereignty has never ceded and it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. As mentioned at the top, my name's Vanessa Morris and I'm a proud Yorta Yorta, Jajarung and Wiradjuri woman and this is Banksia and today I'm going to be joined by a couple of special guests and first up I'll be having a conversation with Kukatha and Nukanu woman and artist Yuani Skas ahead of a live conversation that they'll be having later this week with Architecture Studio Edition Office and NGV Senior Curator of Contemporary Design and Architecture, Ewan McEwen, and they'll be talking about, in absence, a commissioned work that comprised a 9 metre high and 10 metre wide cylindrical structure of a dark-stained Tasmanian hardwood split by a narrow walkway and housing two chambers, each filled with hundreds of hand-blown glass Murnong yams which was on display in the NGV garden a couple of years ago and invited audiences to better understand the fallacy of the premise of Terra Nullius which declared Australia as an emptiness awaiting ownership and yeah the talk later in this week is presented by RMIT Culture and Craft Victoria and it's at the Capitol so looking forward to speaking more about that really amazing structure in absence and Yoni has a lot going on as well so hoping that we can speak about other things as well and in the second half of the show I'll be having a chat with First Nations Gamilaroi Yina, Amelia Jean O'Leary to talk about Staunch ASF, a new contemporary dance work that explores her experience growing up as a Gamilaroi Yina in the suburbs and constantly having to reclaim her blackness and it's a performance which will be happening as part of Fringe Festival from the 12th to the 15th of October at Meat Market Coalstone Pavilion. So looking forward to speaking more with Amelia later in the show. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Thanks so much for being here. It means a lot. I'm now incredibly excited to be joined in the studio by Kukatha and Nukunu woman and artist Yuani Skas ahead of a live conversation that they'll be having later this week that's presented by RMIT Culture and Craft Victoria as part of Craft Contemporary 2023. And the conversation is based around a really significant structure called In Absence, which was on display and living in the garden at the NGV a couple of years ago. And yeah, I'm just really excited to talk more about that structure as well as the many things that Yuani has going on as well. Firstly, Yuani, thank you so much for joining me today in the studio. Welcome to Banksia. 
Hi, how are you? Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, yeah I'm good. Um, and uh, yeah, it's so amazing to have you here. And yeah, I was mentioning, so you're going to be having this live conversation uh, later this week to talk about in reflection of In Absence, which is quite a significant structure that you worked on with Edition One, which is an architecture studio, and it was housed in the garden at the NGV, and I've seen, yeah, photos, and it's quite beautiful and has a lot of meaning to it as well. Can you tell us about this structure, In Absence, and what it explores? Yeah, so it was pushing back on that idea of um, Australia being an empty country, like, mm. um, like you were mentioning before, it's kind of like that terra nullius saying that it was like free no one lived here that there were um no infrastructure in terms of aboriginal um people uh living on the land and so kim and aaron and i um from edition office were talking a lot about the importance of the eel traps and Mm. uh smoking trees and permanent housing and how innovative um those um those areas are and some of them still exist you know they've been existing for thousands of years so and um, all over Australia so it was created in that sense that it was it's a knowledge holder like it was um, people are invited to walk you know engage with the work inside the structure so there's two Mm. chambers and lined with the Murnong yams that could represent obviously the yams that are in the area in Victoria, but also elsewhere, like they're on my country as well. There was these smoking trees that, you know, would smoke fish and eel and meat and things. Mm. So so it, it they represented quite a lot of different things, like mm. rainfall, how we look at the sky, um, and you are invited uh, to look upwards as well. And there was uh, two types of scent inside one the chambers so mm-hmm. like there was burnt wood and also eucalyptus and so like the young and the old I guess um so it was a beautiful way I think of telling that story and pushing back on um what people think in terms of um lack of acknowledgement of Aboriginal existence in this country yeah there's a lot going on in that structure and yeah hearing you talk about um yeah the eel traps and how they've existed for thousands of years and the smoking trees and then also the Murnong yams, which is all of the hand-blown glass um, that's yeah. within there. Yeah, so I trained as a glass blower <clears throat> in Adelaide at the <clears throat> University of South Australia and um, I still return to Adelaide and work at the jam factory, glass studio. So part of that process, I tend to work a lot with the studio on major commissions like this too, so we made you know it's been a while I think 1600 yams to mm. to uh to be inside in absence so it was mm-hmm. it was important to work with the makers at the jam factory and tell them the story of that work as well I tend to work collaboratively with mm. people so yeah for me they were just black lusciousness I think mm-hmm. glass is really beautiful and um yeah also the scent as well that was present within the structure that also invited people to go and engage and just spend time in there what was I guess the response or kind of seeing people engaging with this structure for you it was really beautiful. I think um, there were two seats in either chamber mm-hmm. and people would often, um, I would see them sit 
and look upwards, but then there'd be times where, you know, there's people laying right on the floor of mm. of each chamber looking upwards because it's sort of it does embrace you. Mm. It does give you that sense of love, quietness mm. and also reflectiveness as well. So children were really engaged with it. They would run around, run their hands along the timber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, use the corridor between the two chambers as their thoroughfare. So it was really mm-hmm. beautiful to watch, particularly children. Quite a solid structure as well. Um, and it being a part of the NGV architecture initiative that they have as a, a temporary structure. And it existed in that space as well. But it tells from the sounds of things so many stories and playing such a significant part of storytelling. Is there plans to maybe have it as a permanent structure somewhere else? It does have a permanent home, but at the moment we're talking with community and so there's a lot of community consultation happening. So um, it will be announced Mm -mm. sometime in the future Mm -hmm. and um, we're just really happy about where it will live um, permanently and that they will have that engagement with the community where it is Mm -hmm. and, um, and that it will be there for them forever. Super exciting to hear that as well um, and really keen to stay tuned for that announcement in future of mm-hmm. the permanent home of In Absence, which is the structure that you'll be speaking about later this week as a part of a in conversation with um, Edition Office and NGV Senior Curator of Contemporary Design and Architecture, Ewan McEwan, as part of Craft Contemporary 2023, which is presented by RMIT Culture and Craft Victoria this Thursday at the Capitol. And we've been speaking about In Absence, which you worked with Edition Office on. Mm-hmm. How is that working with them in that? Yeah, it was a really great experience. Like I was actually travelling overseas when Kim and Aaron had approached me. So it was like an ongoing, long conversation, Mm -hmm. I think. So, and because I have a love of architecture in general and Mm -hmm. um, have a lot of friends who are architects. And and so I think talking about the importance of the work was really rewarding, I think, not just for me, but for the three of us. Mm -hmm. So it was a very special relationship working relationship we're still you know we still talk about working on other projects and we did talk a lot about the the importance of acknowledging aboriginal culture and how could that exist and and how would that tell that story so mm-hmm. i think and we did talk about in absence being like that vessel of knowledge as well and mm-hmm. people um telling stories inside those chambers and mm-hmm. then you know, I, I call it a living guardian of that knowledge. So the way I see buildings and old structures being the keepers of knowledge, I think. So in absence is that, I think. Mm-hmm. And we always wanted it to be utilised in that way. Yeah, kind of interesting, yeah, working with the architecture firm in this structure. And yeah, is it, have you worked on something like this before in creating such a big vessel? No, no, this mm. is this, yeah, in absence is the, the biggest, mm. I think, um, or the largest. But I do work with another architect called Mikhail Roderick, mm-hmm. and we've been working together for over a decade. Yeah. We work on uh, other public art commissions, but also permanent artworks within buildings. So I guess in terms of artworks per se, in absence is an architecture commission. So I'd like to do, yeah, something similar down the track, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think yeah, something that's nine metres tall, it's like you can't beat that, can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, quite a big structure. Um, mm. And yeah, really exciting to yeah, hear where the permanent home for it will be to go and engage with it and yeah. for other people to be able to engage with it as well as yeah it's something that you can actually walk through, through which is quite yeah, yeah. special and there's no rush mm. you know like there's no rush to sort of leave in absence Mm-mm. and there were a lot of people that didn't get the chance to experience the work because I think shortly after in absence was installed um it sat quietly because of the pandemic mm-hmm. Then it was dismantled and um, so I think when I tell people that it does have a permanent home now, it's like, you know, I'll get to see it, I'll get to visit. And for me it's like visiting family, like it's Mm -hmm. like an old friend. Yeah, and you work across um, many other mediums as well and it's also the Bowness Photography Prize finalist. um, Yeah. Which is on display at the Museum of Australian Photography until the... 12th of November. Yeah, can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah, it's um, my first photography prize, mm-hmm. I guess, but I do I do work a lot with uh, f- photography in my work and this is the first time I've used one of my own f- photographs. Mm-hmm. So I, in the past I've worked with archival imagery from family history uh, archives. So, yeah, recently, well, because I work quite uh, – work – on the road, actually, I call it field work, and so I take a lot of photographs, and and then a lot of, particularly a lot of photographs of that church that's in the Bowness um, uh, Prize, and it's it's a church that's at Coonabar Mission, which is eight hours or so by car t- from Adelaide to Sejuna in South Australia, and that's where my grand father Barwell Coleman was born, and he's now buried in that settlement, and. So for me, I was thinking a lot about uh, the incarceration of Aboriginal mm-hmm. people and how Christianity played a lot into that. So I realised I had hundreds of that particular church mm-hmm. and and so I worked with Spacecraft uh, Studios in Footscray. We screen printed the, the work with iron oxide and also it's not just about the landscape in that area but for me it was like iron oxide is like dried blood and so you can see the print on both sides and the front side is sort of more I guess landscape and then behind it's like a scab like a dried blood sort of scenario yeah Mm. yeah it sounds quite powerful with the different materials that are used to print the image yeah and also the significance of the image as well to you yeah yeah yeah. and I used to think well you know why am I so obsessed with this church and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like um it's sort of it's an interesting thing because it's kind of I'm not religious um we were um when I was growing up but then as a family network we decided we weren't Mm -hmm. going to be anymore like I was baptized a Lutheran because that's the Lutheran church out there um so it's kind of I sort of have a love hate with that with that particular building but Mm. then I uh Found out recently that my great great grandfather Mickey Free Laurie helped build that church, so that's probably why I'm so I feel like I'm mm-hmm. so drawn to it. And it is structurally quite beautiful, and he did a good job. He's mm. you know he was mm-hmm. a good good builder. So mm. yeah, it's these situations are really interesting because I think architecturally the buildings themselves are very oppressive. 
And um, you also have work on display in Wangaratta um, in an exhibition called Looking Glass with Judy Watson as well for another yeah, couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's a, an initiative that was created in partnership with Icon Gallery in mm-hmm. Birmingham and Tarawara Museum uh, in Hillsville in Victoria. And so it's uh, uh, curated by Hetty Perkins, an amazing Arundhari and Kalkadoon woman and old friend of mine. And so she put Judy and myself together. Mm-hmm. And Judy's an old friend of mine as well. So it's um, it was really, I feel really very honoured to be exhibiting alongside mm-hmm. Judy. And so it's a touring exhibition. It's been touring. I think it started in 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, yeah, thinking about the, the pandemic, it's kind of like that the whole year just was yeah, completely gone. But um, I have glass weights in it. Mm-hmm. And then Judy has these amazing prints that she created uh, for Icon Gallery in mm-hmm. Birmingham. So she, we were actually in Birmingham prior to the pandemic. And it's been touring for quite a while. And I think Wangaratta is the last venue. Yeah, right. Mm. And yeah, do you have anything else going on that you can tell us about at the moment or that you want to share with us? That's a good question. Mm. I think um, (laughs) I just returned from New York Mm -hmm. City for the Armoury show. My gallery, This Is No Fantasy, um, was one of the first uh, Australian galleries in a decade to be invited to participate. Mm -hmm. Um, We were in this section called the Focus section, um, which is curated by a First Nations curator from Canada, Mm. Candace Hopkins. And so there was a whole lot of mob in that section, so First Nations people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so it was exciting. I was um, exhibiting alongside Jonathan Mm Bush from Tiwi Islands. Mm. So I think I'm just coming off the back of that and... Just trying to think what else there is. I think it's been, a, you know, it's always a busy year, but it's um, potentially flying to Switzerland in December for the opening of a new wing at Foundation Opale in Lens. Mm-hmm. And they had acquired a work of mine for their new wing. I've never been to Switzerland before, so I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting. And yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more that's coming up as well that we can see from you. Yuani, it's been so amazing to have you join me today for a conversation. And yeah, I'd obviously love to have you back and talk more about the work you do. You do so much amazing work. Yeah, for sure. Thank thank you. you. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for joining me today. No worries. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos and interviews, head to the Triple R website at rrr.org.au. And I'm now super excited to be joined in the studio by First Nations, Gamilaroi, Ayina, Amelia, Jean O'Leary to talk all about a new contemporary dance performance of theirs which will be happening as part of Fringe Festival from the 12th to the 15th of October at Meat Market Cobblestone Pavilion. Firstly, Amelia, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to Banks here. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, it's exciting to have you here. And as I mentioned, so we're here to talk about a new contemporary performance work of yours, um, which will be happening as part of Fringe Festival. Super exciting. Um, how, how are you feeling about it coming up? Yeah, I'm feeling quite peaceful about it um, mm. and grounded. I think that's where it needs to be. And then probably when I start to do it, I'll get the adrenaline and feel 
more excited, but right now just trying to like mm. <laughs> level out the nerves and everything. Yeah. Can you tell us about um, the performance and what it explores? Yeah. So the main idea was about my experience of having to reclaim my identity constantly uh, growing up in the western suburbs of Melbourne. So that's the main idea. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I spent a lot of time up on country, in Gamilaroi country, learning there and just Mm-mm. taking and embodying the different things that I've learnt and obviously having permission from Art Shell and Uncle Ted and um, seeing what I can bring back to Melbourne and what can I offer to mm-hmm. my story. And also not just um, the cultural but also looking at the political points as well and exploring my identity even further from... Mm-hmm like the colonies perspective to First Nation perspective and how it all relates to me. So it's become this big whirlwind of, I think, quite an interesting and abstract exploration of First Nations identity and dance. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah, it sounds like quite a personal story for you as well. Um, And you're spending time on country and connecting with people in creating this performance as well. It sounds like, yeah, maybe it was a a bit of a journey for you in terms of developing this. Yeah, it was. It was uh, quite difficult, to be honest, because, Mm -hmm. like, I've been on my country, but I didn't sleep on my country for, like, multiple days. So going up on country wasn't really my goal to develop a work, but just to be present Mm -hmm. in that experience. And it was all great and everything. And then coming back to Melbourne, I got really sick. That transition back to this reality just didn't sit with me well. And I've kind of put that into the work in a very safe and creative way because it is hard going between two different worlds. And I always have, but, you know, being completely enriched in my culture day and night, every day, and then coming back to Melbourne was... Yeah, quite a big lesson. Like mm-hmm. that, I was like, ancestors, just why do I feel like this? I thought I would feel better, you know, coming back, but mm. no, they really, really gave me some perspective and made my practice even deeper and more under- understanding to me. Yeah, sounds yeah quite powerful in that and telling your personal story and experience of yeah kind of transitioning from your home country so Gamilaroi country and then yeah coming back to Mm. Nam and how that's all kind of happened quite organically yeah it's all happened quite organically like every story that I've weaved in there every feeling all is very personal I try to be like as truthful as I can because mm-hmm. I don't want to speak for all First Nations people. I mm-hmm. want to be able to speak from my perspective and then see if people connect to it or if, you know, there's some sort of relationship there. But, yeah, the work is very personal and usually it's personal from like an exploration of purely identity, mm-hmm. but this is an exploration of experiencing and not denying my experiences. There's a lot of that like imposter syndrome of experiencing like negative things and then also experiencing good things and I'm trying to be able to witness both and Mm -hmm. acknowledge them both because they're both valid to me and I feel it's important to show that perspective. Yeah how is it for you I guess using your art and dance to tell your personal stories? It's just organic for me Mm -hmm. like my practice isn't very choreographic 
it's more just trying to tell a story mm-hmm. and what the feeling is for that. Mm. And that's not a way that I was trained to create movement, but mm-hmm. it's a way that I've had to create movement. All has come from a place of feeling, place of story, which I feel is unique to me and important for me to share. With your creative practice as well, and in addition to the movement work that you do, you also create your own soundscapes and projections as a part of your performances, which is quite amazing um, with the different yeah kind of aspects and multifaceted in a way of telling your story. How does it feel for you, I guess, working in those different aspects of your performances from soundscapes, projections and the movement as well? For my last work I created, or for the previous solo work I did, mm-hmm. you and I created projections and I feel it creates a different layer of perspective, mm-hmm. um, which is always important to show how it's not very simple and it's not all predictable and understandable. So I'm trying to use different mediums to connect to my story to a way that it's just more complicated. And I think mm-hmm. it's complicated because it's me continually doing it. It's not just somebody else's layer. It's just digging deeper. And for this work, I've done all the music and mm-hmm. that has been a very hard process <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think because I'm learning how to make music more and more, I'm much more particular and cleaner about how I'm doing it Mm. and yeah I think the music for this work is very potent like it feels very attached to every single movement like Mm -hmm. I built it it's just weaved in quite Mm -hmm. organically into the movement and it's supporting it really Mm -hmm. well and helps the feeling for me and I think that's why I like to do it myself Mm -hmm. even though it's a lot of work (laughs) I do enjoy doing it because I can just build onto what I'm thinking and feeling yeah yeah quite amazing um yeah creating your own sounds that you're then connecting to with movement and yeah how that's all integrated and weaved together and then sharing that with people as well and yeah, you have this upcoming performance but you also a little while back had your second full-length work a certain mumble which was part of the frame festival at the Northcote town hall yeah that work was my first time making like a duo That was with Janelle Tan, who's a Chinese-Malaysian woman, and Mm -hmm. I wanted to make that work just to see how I can collaborate with a different culture Mm. and different person and values and history. And that work was very, very abstract. Like, Mm. we went, like, what is identity? And it just became a complete void of everything and nothing constantly. Mm. And, it, yeah, it was, like one of the next steps for me to start collaborating and hoping that from that work I can start working with like groups and like build my practice Mm -hmm. authentically so that work definitely built you know um up my artistic practice and Mm -hmm. I really value um different cultures and how we collaborate and how Mm -hmm. important it is to show the diversity within Australia and how Um, complex our relationships are and how different and also how similar some of them are so yeah that work was very valuable to me. Sounds like a valuable explorative collaboration for you and that also followed your work Yina as well Um, can you tell us about that one? Yeah I did um, Yina 
That was one of that's the first work I ever made. Mm-hmm. A solo work. I did it at Adelaide Fringe in twenty twenty two and then did it at Dance House after that and that work was like pure identity, pure exploration of mm. who I am, mm-hmm. which I think is very important as an artist to know who you are, what your values are, what your history is. And like I always say, like I could do, you know, like every year because it's about me and it could be a completely different work. I hope to keep creating, you know, until I'm like, till like I pass and I'm old because mm-hmm. identity is constantly shifting and mm-hmm. who I am shifting. So yeah, that work is so valuable and always is with me and created mm. the basis of like how I create. Yeah, it sounds like a special um, performance that will continue to evolve and grow as you do as well, um, yeah. which is quite powerful. And Do you have anything else that you're working on at the moment that you can tell us about or mainly this upcoming performance? Yeah, my biggest focus is this upcoming mm-hmm. upcoming performance but in the future I will make group works mm-hmm. and I'm looking to explore femininity in large cultural groups mm-hmm. seeing how we deal with structures in society so that's mm-hmm. kind of a little idea of what I'm going to do in the future mm-hmm. but right now my whole mind is in staunch as fuck and it's just it's like my life the mm-hmm. work really that's why I feel quite calm about it because mm-hmm. it's just it's my stories like it's solid but it's expansive mm-hmm. and I think it's important to see First Nations work and understand how it's evolving and it's still happening it's not all just the past and that's what I hope with this work is to create space mm-hmm. and exploration for expression of self in contemporary dance and definitely storytelling yeah it sounds amazing um yeah and I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do in future as well with the works Mm -hmm. that you're doing um quite personal and quite powerful and special for you but yeah Amelia it's been so amazing to have you join me today on Bangs here and to talk all about your creative practice and this upcoming performance as well and I'll put up more information to that on the Triple R website later as well for those listening in thank you so much for joining me today I really appreciate it yes thanks for having me thank you Thanks for listening to the podcast of Banksia, a weekly show celebrating First Nations music, arts and culture. Banksia is broadcast live on Triple R from Wurundjeri Country each and every Monday from midday till 1pm. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to keep in touch at rrr.org.au or follow Banksia on Instagram at banksiarrr.